Welcome back to part five of our review of Wallace D. Waddle's The Science of Getting Rich. In this classic book on thinking, this book describes how each of us shapes the events around us, creating much of the positive riches in our own lives. Rhonda Byrne, the creator of the movie The Secret, said she stumbled across the science of getting rich and has never been the same. This was one of the first seminars I sold when I worked with Bob Proctor back in the late 90s, and he mentioned to me in our interview on episode 66 that his business took off after Rhonda Byrne's The Secret took off. There is true magic within the words written within these pages. And like all the books we dive into, it's the application of what we read here that has the potential to change our life forever. Now, it took me some time to review this book, honestly, because many of the concepts I didn't fully understand myself. It's taken me over 25 years to finally grasp the meaning behind the timeless concepts that Waddles wrote about in 1910. And writing this series has helped me to refine my own thinking, in addition to sharing what I'm learning with you here, wherever you might be listening to this podcast in the world. If you enjoyed our deep dive into Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich book, or the four-part series on the Silva Method, the concepts we'll cover in this review go hand-in-hand with these deep dives. Now, I read a review about this book, The Science of Getting Rich, and it caught my eye. I read, No student of thought should be without this historic book. Think about this for a minute. Read this book and do exactly as it's written, and you'll see how failure is impossible. This is the perfect book and series to launch 2024 with. Welcome back to Season 11 of the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast, where we connect the science-based evidence behind social and emotional learning that's finally being taught in our schools and emotional intelligence training used in our modern workplaces for improved well-being, achievement, productivity, and results using what I saw as the missing link Since we weren't taught this when we were growing up in school, the application of practical neuroscience. I'm Andrea Samadhi, an author and an educator with a passion for learning, and I launched this podcast five years ago with the goal of bringing all the leading experts together in one place to uncover the most current research that would back up how our brain learns best. And at the end of each year, we review timeless and important books that were recommended to me over the years when I worked in the motivational speaking industry in the late 90s. And my goal is to see how science can inform us as we move towards our goals in 2024, whether it's with interviews that we'll host or by diving into what I saw was working over and over again in the speaking industry so we can all be the most improved 2.0 versions of ourselves. This year, we're reviewing Wallace D. Waddle's The Science of Getting Rich book that was written in 1910. And I've set the stage for the application of this book by asking us to begin and end our study by reading chapters 4, 14, and 7 
in this order for 90 days. And the order is important. This is where our review began. If you can do this one activity, I promise you that the magical words that Waddles wrote on the pages of this book will begin to have significant meaning to you. In part one, we saw the importance of opening up our minds to prosperity thinking, that there's more than enough for all of us versus poverty consciousness, that there's not enough. In part two, we focused on the power of our thoughts, specifically with how to think and act in this certain way to achieve the results that we're talking about here. We gave examples of two distinct types of thinkers, encouraging all of us to open up the keyhole in the door or just kick down the door and expand our level of awareness in this process. With part three of our review, we explored chapter 14 on the impression of increase with two suggestions for acting in this certain way with everyone that we interact with. Look to where you can give others genuine compliments, pointing out their accomplishments and efforts, and always look for where you can assist with your resources. Then, in part four, we covered chapter seven on gratitude that connects us directly with our source of supply. Now let's dive into the rest of the chapters of this timeless book, keeping in mind where the heart of this book exists. We must understand the syllabus, and I'll read it here and again at the end. And my hope is that the secret that Waddles intends us to see will reveal itself to you. And like Rhonda Burns, who read this book and was never the same, I hope that something new is revealed to you, changing your thinking in some way and helping you to see if you can do things in this certain way that failure is impossible. Remember, getting rich is the result of doing things in a certain way. We help ourselves first, and then we look for ways to help others to do the same. And here's the syllabus. There's a thinking stuff from which all things are made, and which, in its original state, permeates and penetrates and fills the inner spaces of the universe. A thought in this substance produces the thing that is imaged by the thought. A person can form things in their thought and by impressing their thoughts upon this form of substance can cause the thing they think about to be created. Now before we begin, do you have questions about this syllabus like I did when I first read this book? Here's my questions. Question one, I wondered, What is this thinking stuff from which all things are made that fills the inner spaces of the universe? Waddle says this and it's everywhere, but what is it? My answer, after almost 25 years of reading this book, it's formless, supremely intelligent, and it permeates everything around us, including organic and inorganic things and the spaces between them. Waddles uses many terms interchangeably to describe this substance. After reading and studying this book for over two decades, I came to see this thinking stuff as my source, which I call God. You might call it something else, but naming it while reading this book can help us to see the power and why a thought in this substance produces the thing that is imaged by the thought. This essentially is what prayer is. A person can form things in their thought, 
or like through prayer, and by impressing their thoughts upon the formless substance, your source of supply, or God, can cause the thing they think about to be created. When you break the syllabus down a bit, it doesn't seem so far out there. I'm certain that Wallace is describing the power of prayer. Now, to put this syllabus into practice, think about where you feel the most connected to this source. It is everywhere, but some of us might feel the connection in nature, like I've described I feel hiking in the mountains, or near the water or the ocean, like scientist and activist Dr. Wallace J. Nichols talked about when we interviewed him on episode 297 this past summer. Wherever you feel the most connected, just trust that there's something bigger than you that can help you to produce whatever it is that you image in your thoughts, according to the syllabus. Now let's look at the remaining chapters of this book. Chapter 1, The Right to Be Rich. Waddle says, No man can rise to his greatest possible height in talent or soul development, our fullest potential, without money. And in the pages of my notebook, I wrote, thought always precedes the action, or what's coming, we think about. And I don't need to look far to say this isn't so, as we witness this with our two girls with competitive gymnastics. As with any sport or skill, it takes money to learn these skills. And it was a good year that our oldest daughter would ask to join the competitive team at her gym before we agreed to it. Later, she let me know that she used to watch YouTube videos on gymnastics training, and she knew this is what she wanted to do with all her heart. There was much thought in her mind that happened a good year before she even tried out to be a part of this team. The thought always precedes the action. The same goes with the material you're studying. I've watched people pay thousands of dollars to attend these seminars to learn this information from the best teachers in the world. Many who wanted to attend could not pay the tuition. You could always read this book on your own or watch videos on YouTube to learn new skills, but to immerse yourself with the best teachers in the world is the easiest way to pay for an exchange of their knowledge for your money. To unfold the soul and develop talent, we cannot do these things unless you have the money to pay for them. Which leads me back to why I'm giving away everything I've learned over the years for free on this podcast. I know this is what I'm meant to do. I was fortunate enough to learn directly from some of the best teachers in the world, and now I'm meant to give back in this way. For now, this podcast remains ad-free for this reason. It's always been important for me that I put the best work I've got out to the world for free because of the principles within the pages of this book. What I want for myself, I want for others. And when you find your place, you'll know where you have room to give back. And I do think that Waddles intends us to all get to this place where we shift our thinking from what can I get to how can I help others with my talents and abilities. Part one of this series, we spent on prosperity consciousness versus poverty for this reason. And if you're listening and struggling with this concept, go back and listen to part one where we dove into two ways of thinking about money. This is an important lesson because we'll need it 
to reach our fullest mental, spiritual, and physical unfoldment. Success in life is becoming what you want to be. So for my daughter, who begged us to join competitive gymnastics, it was her desire seeking expression with and through her to do this sport, but it takes money to do this. And then I think back to my early days when I wanted to become a teacher. It took money to pay for my teacher training. If you want to learn business strategies, the same idea. Whatever we want, it begins with a desire in our thoughts and what's coming our way we'll think about usually long before we take action towards it. So what about you? Whenever we've wanted to learn, grow, and advance ourselves in our lives and careers, it takes money to do this. And remember, there's nothing wrong with wanting more in life. No man is to be happy with little, Waddle says in chapter one. What do you think when you hear this? Do you agree with Waddle's? Over the years, I became comfortable with wanting more in life. And when I was living my most lean years, I made sure to spend my leisure time in places that made me feel the abundance that Waddles was describing when he said, there's nothing wrong with wanting more. I often sat writing in the lobby of the most beautiful resorts in Arizona that I could find to keep my thinking away from poverty and more towards prosperity thinking. Waddles writes, no man can rise to his greatest possible height and talent or soul development unless he has plenty of money. For to unfold the soul and to develop talent, he must have many things to use, and he cannot have these things unless he has the money to buy them with. Like my daughter's gymnastics training or what we must do to pay for new skills that we want to acquire. Waddles writes, man's right to life means his right to have free and unrestricted use of these things, which may be necessary to his fullest mental, spiritual, and physical unfoldment in chapter one. No man can be really happy or satisfied unless his body is living fully in every function and unless the same is true of his mind and soul. So be sure to develop all three parts, our body our mind, and our soul. Wherever there's unexpressed possibility or function not performed, there's unsatisfied desire. And desire is possibility seeking expression or function seeking performance. Think about this for a minute. What is it in you that's unexpressed possibility that you could nurture and grow in 2024? For me, it's clear and obvious. If I was unable to research and read books and then work on integrating this new information in my life and then share what I'm learning with you, I'd not be truly happy. Hosting this podcast is my desire seeking expression, and it's driven by an unrelentless desire for me to keep researching, learning, and then sharing what I learn for us to all improve our productivity and results. What about you? What is it that you must do? What is your desire that's possibility-seeking expression in you? This is a good thing for us to know for ourselves and then look and see if we can see it in others. Now, before moving to chapter two, 
I think we've given some good examples as to why there's nothing wrong with wanting to have enough money to develop our body, our mind, and soul to nurture our desires and our possibility-seeking expression or function-seeking performance so we can be truly happy ourselves before we begin to think of how we can extend our hand outwards to help others. Chapter 2. There is a science of getting rich. Now, before we go any further, I wonder what comes up for you when you saw the title of this book? Do you think about the TV show, Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous, like I did? The title of this book is one of the reasons I didn't want to cover it on this podcast in the first place. When I see the importance of earning money, I'm not one to want to be rich. And when multi-million dollar yachts sail past me, they don't catch my eye. I've never been drawn to anything excessive, so covering a book about getting rich was not on the top of my list. And I can recognize others like me when I'm interviewing them. The interview of GDV Technology, Dr. Konstantin Korakov from episode 307. He mentioned that while he enjoys inventing, he's not as good with the business side of things. He writes in his books that when he went on some exciting business trips around the world, He just took his sandals and a hat to keep the sun off his face. So if you're like me and not very interested in getting rich and the title of this book deterred you just a bit, see if there's something we can learn here together. It's here that I'm certain my mentor, Bob Proctor, would send me back to part one of this series and work on my prosperity thinking. He would remind me that nobody can have all he wants without plenty of money. Going back to chapter one. And then I would come back to chapter two with an expanded and more open mind. And this certain way has to do with prosperity thinking versus poverty. Remember, there is a science of getting rich, and it is an exact science like algebra or arithmetic. Chapter two. And we've discovered that it's about thinking and acting in this certain way. There are laws which govern the process of acquiring riches, and when these laws are learned and obeyed by a man, he will get rich with mathematical certainty. Chapter 2. So if you were to study this book through Bob Proctor's seminars, it's here that we would cover the seven laws of the universe, where he would say that doing things in this certain way would be according to these natural laws that Waddles mentions in chapter 2. Now, we were not taught these laws in school, and I'm not going to cover them here, but what I will say that it doesn't matter what we're doing, it matters how we're doing it. And we'll cover this certain way in this book study, so at the end of these chapters, we'll have a clear strategy on how to think and act in this certain way that Waddles describes, and those who do these things in this certain way, whether on purpose or accidentally get rich, while those who do not do things in this certain way, no matter how hard they work or how able they are, remain poor. And nobody can have all he wants without plenty of money. Going back to chapter two. Now here's an example. Have you ever seen two businesses on the same side of the road and one's thriving while the other is not? Waddles addresses this when he says that getting rich is not a matter of environment in chapter 2. Even though some environments may be more favorable than others, 
But the success one person experiences is a result of doing things in this certain way. Waddles also says the ability to do things in this certain way is not due solely to the possession of talent. For many people who have great talent remain poor, while others who have little talent get rich. And he says if you study people who've gotten rich, we find they're an average lot in all respects, having no greater talents and abilities than other men. They got rich by doing things in this certain way. And we covered this concept in part one of this review. Doing things in this certain way begins with prosperity thinking versus poverty mindset. So let's keep going and see what else we can add to open up our understanding in this timeless book and of doing things in this certain way that Waddles describes. Chapter three, is opportunity monopolized? Chapter three is a great chapter for anyone who's worried that an opportunity that they really want will pass them by. Waddles explains that no man is kept poor because opportunity has been taken away from him because other people have monopolized the wealth and have put a fence around it. This is where the thinking stuff comes into play. It matters what thoughts we think and put out to the world into this thinking stuff that's everywhere. When we think, oh, there's no way I can ever do something X, Y, Z, then that's the message you've sent out to the formless substance. It might sound crazy, but just stay with me here. If Wallace D. Waddles wrote these principles in 1910, and they closely match Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich book, and Jose Silva's The Silva Method, then why not just test this out for yourself for some time and see what happens? The only thing we lack is awareness, and in order to open up our awareness, we must kick down that door and look for the opportunity that's available to all of us. Waddles explains that the visible supply is practically inexhaustible, and the invisible supply really is inexhaustible. Economics teaches us there's a limited supply, but Waddles is telling us that human attention is the only thing that's scarce. So everything you see on earth is made of one substance out of which all things proceed. New forms are constantly being made and older ones are dissolving, but all shapes are assumed by one thing. And there's no limit to the supply of the formless substance or original substance from chapter three. Abundance is here. We just might not be able to see it if it's on a different frequency or vibration of our current level of thinking. And this is where we come to understand that the resources of the formless supply are at the command of any man or woman who will act and think in this certain way. Then the secret to life that Wallace talks about in chapter three is available to all of us. So whatever it is that you desire, that possibility that seeks expression with and through you It is possible to achieve with time, with effort, with hard work and focus. Like our daughters, who both begged us to join gymnastics, they were both willing to put in the hard work to develop the skills needed to push them both through the difficult times to bring their visions into form. Or for me, to know that I can never sit somewhere and not be reading a book or writing an episode that I'll record and put out to the world. 
I'm willing to put in the time and effort to make sure these episodes are my best work, offering our listeners something unique, something they can't just find from the internet or from Google, which puts this show always at the top of the charts in neuroscience and SEL each year. Now, what is it for you? What is it that's seeking expression through you? It might be a book you want to write and you think, oh, that book's already been written and that book could lead you to something else. Or you think someone else might be better at what it is that you want to do. Until you step forward and try, you'll be holding yourself back from expressing the possibility that wants to be expressed within you. Remember, the invisible supply is inexhaustible. The supply will never run short. And if you come to this chapter and you're aware of something that might be holding you back from something that you desire, it's here that you can look at your paradigms or beliefs that we covered in depth on episode 67. So if you're still with me here and you know what it is that's seeking expression with and through you, whatever it is that you desire, and you're not worried that someone else will take your place, let's keep reading this book together. Chapter 4, The First Principles of the Science of Getting Rich. And we covered this chapter on episode 315, part 2 of this review, where I challenged everyone to read chapters 4, 14, and 7 in this order for 90 days. So let's keep reading. Chapter 5, Increasing Life. Waddles explains that every living thing must continually seek for the enlargement of its life because life in the mere act of living must increase itself. This is chapter 5. So there's nothing wrong with wanting to be, do, or have more in our lives. Waddles says that we want to get rich in order that we may eat, drink, and be merry when it's time to do these things. See distant lands. Feed your mind and develop your intellect in order that you may love men and do kind things and be able to play a good part in helping the world find its truth. Chapter 5. Brian Proctor talked about this concept on our interview 292 this past summer because this is the one chapter that Bob Proctor lived the most every day. He gave the impression of increase to everyone. And I remember when I was moving from Toronto to the U.S. in 2001 with barely any money in my pocket, but I had an incredible vision for where I was going. And Bob said to me, Andrea, are you flying first class to Arizona? And I almost fell off the chair I was sitting on. Of course I wasn't flying first class. It would be a few years before I sat in first class on an airplane, but Bob wanted me to see that sitting in first class was definitely an option. It was just an option that took me a few years to grasp when I opened up my level of awareness. Waddle says it this way, A seed dropped into the ground springs into activity and in the act of living produces a hundred more seeds. Life by living multiplies itself. It is forever becoming more. It must do so if it continues to be at all. Intelligence is under this same necessity for continuous increase. Every thought we think makes it necessary for us to think another thought. Consciousness is continually expanding. Every fact we learn leads us to the learning of another fact. Knowledge is continually increasing. 
Every talent we cultivate brings to the mind the desire to cultivate another talent. We are subject to the urge of life, seeking expression, whichever drives us to know more, to do more, and to be more. In chapter five. And it's here that learning to live beyond our five senses, what our senses pick up, and develop the six faculties of our mind, our perception, our reason, our will, our memory, imagination, and intuition that we covered on episode 294 will come into play. When Proctor asked me if I was flying first class to Arizona, he planted the seed in my mind that flying first class was a great way to travel. Proctor planted many seeds in my mind in the six years I worked in the seminar industry. Now I feel like it's my obligation to share what I learned to help others. Waddles reminds us to make the most of yourself for yourself and for others, and you can help others more by making the most of yourself than in any other way in Chapter 5. You must first live for yourself, find the right balance with just enough for yourself first, and then look for how you can help others. And if you come from the competitive mindset, if you've been conditioned to either win or lose, this next concept might take some additional effort. Waddles reminds us to get rid of the thought of competition. You're to create, not to compete for what's already created. You do not have to take anything away from anyone else. In chapter five, he says that. Riches secured on the competitive plane are never satisfactory and permanent. They are yours today and another's tomorrow. Remember, if you're to become rich in a scientific and certain way, you must rise entirely out of the competitive thought. You must never think for a moment that the supply is limited. This will drop you into the competitive mind the moment you begin to think that all the money is being cornered and controlled by the bankers and others. Know that the money you need will come when you need it. Live by this absolute truth. There is a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which, in its original state, penetrates, permeates, and fills the inner spaces of the universe. A thought in this substance produces the thing that is imaged by the thought, and you can form things in your thought and by impressing your thought upon the formless substance can cause the thing you think about to be created. So to review and conclude part five of our review of Wallace D. Waddle's The Science of Getting Rich, we covered chapter one, the right to be rich. Waddle says there's nothing wrong with wanting more in life. No man is to be happy with little. He also says to unfold the soul and develop talent, we cannot do things unless we have the money to pay for them. Then we talked about how our desire is possibility seeking expression with and through us and we can look within ourselves to discover what our true desires are that we must express. Both my daughters wanted to train in competitive gymnastics which requires money to unfold their soul and develop their talents. And I know that to unfold my own soul, I must spend my leisure time studying, learning, and then sharing what I'm learning to help others. And money is required for both these examples. So what is your desire that's seeking expression through you that you can work on developing in 2024? 
Then we looked at chapter two. There is a science of getting rich. And this science of getting rich is an exact science like algebra or arithmetic. And we've discovered that it's about thinking and acting in a certain way. Waddles describes that those who do things in this certain way, whether on purpose or accidentally, get rich, while others who do not do things in this certain way, no matter how hard they work or how able they are, remain poor. My goal with this review of Waddles' Science of Getting Rich book is to show that we all have the same ability, this ability to think and act in this certain way, with prosperity thinking versus poverty thinking. And once we've learned to think and act this way for ourselves, we can then turn our focus on others and add tremendous value and abundance to someone else's life. We looked at chapter three, is opportunity monopolized? In this chapter, we come to understand the resources of the formless supply are at the command of any man or woman who wants to think and act in this certain way and that the secret to life is available to all of us. And it's here that you can see that if there's something that's seeking expression with and through you, whatever it is that you desire, that you're not to worry that someone else will take your place. Nothing is impossible. We covered chapter four, the first principle of the science of getting rich on episode 315 in part two of our review where I challenged everyone to read chapters 4, 14, and 7 for 90 days. When reading chapter 4 every day, the words will begin to have meaning to you, and your thinking will change. I promise you it will happen. In this chapter, I began to think, what do I really want? How am I thinking? Then I thought, thinking is difficult. But slowly, with time, I began to see that nothing is impossible. Chapter 3, we covered increasing life. We learned that it's important to make the most of yourself, for yourself, and for others, and you can help others more by making the most of yourself than in any other way, and we're impelled to know more, be more, and do more. We want to get rich in order that we may eat, drink, and be merry when it's time to do these things, see distant lands, feed our mind, and develop our intellect in order that we may love men and do kind things and be able to play a good part in helping the world find its truth. There's nothing wrong with wanting to develop our mind, body, and spirit. In doing so, we uncover whatever it is that's seeking expression in ourselves that we want to develop in ourselves. And once we've developed ourselves, we can find a way to help others to do the same. Each chapter in The Science of Getting Rich helps to build our understanding of what it is that we're meant to do in this world with an unwavering belief that we cannot fail. Once we've done this, it's time to lend our hand and help others. Remember, there's a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which, in its original state, penetrates, permeates, and fills the inner spaces of the universe. A thought in this substance produces the thing that is imaged by the thought. You can form things in your thought and by impressing your thoughts upon the formless substance can cause the thing you think about to be created. And in order to do this, a person must pass from the competitive to the creative mind. 
They must form a clear mental picture in their thoughts with the fixed purpose to get what they want and the unwavering faith that they will get what they want, closing their mind to all that may tend to dim their vision or quench their faith. Can you see how Wallace D. Waddles, The Science of Getting Rich, goes hand in hand with Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich and the Silva Method? How nothing is impossible, that it matters how we think, how the product of our thoughts, what we think about, we become. Next episode, we'll cover chapter 6, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 that will lead us to chapters 13, 15, 16, and 17 and the conclusion of this book review. I'll see you next time. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.